Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 323 of the MTG Goldfish podcast. I'm Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive, and we have the full crew here this week, kicking things off with the owner of MTG Goldfish, Richard. How's it going today, Richard? Seth, what are you doing here? I thought I fired you after that April Fool's joke you pulled. I was a little nervous about going so hard uh, after John, but I appreciate that uh, that you let that one slide. I asked I asked Reed Duke if we agreed to keep you on. <laughs> he, he said it's okay that you, you you just are confused and don't know the true power of Judd. <laughs> oh yeah, that that was a fun that was a super fun episode and uh, and I'm glad I'm not fired yet. So that's a that's a good thing. But that's neither here nor there. We also have another co-host in Krim. What's up today, Krim? Uh, nothing much. Just once again, another week of big spoilers for uh for all of like Magic's uh, new set, Strixhaven, and I'm in love with this set. So yeah, yeah. So that's actually one of our big topics for today. We're gonna be talking more Strixhaven spoilers. We have the full main set. We have a Commander 2021 slash Strixhaven Commander spoilers this week, but we got the main set, so we got a bunch of spoilers to talk about. We also have some other smaller topics to get to. There was some arena conversation about spectate mode going on that we wanted to uh, talk about a little bit. Also, some weird spoiler puns, which I don't even know how else to describe them other than spoiler puns. But we're going to talk about those things, then spend the rest of the cast on Strixhaven spoilers, and then, of course, uh, answer a couple of fish mail at the end. So that's the plan for today. But before we get to all that, our show today is brought to you by Card Conduit. And if you've ever tried to sell your magic cards, it's not easy. It's a lot of work. You got to type and sort and ship, and it's just not a whole lot of fun. Well, Card Conduit, they're the easiest way to sell your cards. And if you want to avoid all those hassles and all the time it takes to sell your cards, this new service from the folks over at Card Hoarder will sort, grade, and sell your magic cards for you. And once your shipment is processed, you'll receive the proceeds minus their fee. And right now, you can even get a 10% discount by going over to cardconduit.com goldfish. So thank you to Card Conduit for supporting the show. And, uh, and let's talk a little bit of magic. Let's get the non-spoiler topics out of the way first, and then we'll talk, uh, we'll talk some streak saving spoilers. So first on our list today, spectate mode. So, uh, so Richard, why don't you kind of set the stage for, uh, for this topic a little bit? What, uh, why are we talking about spectate mode? All right. So there was a quote, uh, from a Watsi employee on Discord, uh, over the weekend, and I'll just read it quote for quote, right? So spectate. Colon, spectate needs to be implemented by the same people who makes cards work, and it usually gets around 20.25% of the audience of most games. It's hard to justify pulling people off of new card development for a feature that niche. So basically, Watsi does not have spectate mode high on his priority list. Only 0.25% of people would use that feature, and uh, people are not happy about this. And... I, I don't know. What do you guys think? I, I think I agree with like verbatim what this is saying in the sense that like for normal people like me and you, we would very rarely use spectate mode. However, we're esports, right? What kind of esports doesn't have a spectate mode, right? Like how do you watch the pro tour? How do you do anything, right? Like we need spectate mode for esports. So it is not for the normal person, but for your kind of esports initiative, uh, to have spectate mode and we don't have this janky split screen swapping, 
using camera tricks to to get like a pro tour viewable online yeah that's that's kind of my feelings on it like i think that everything in that quote is true the thing is like the 0.25 percent that would use it is like literally the most important 0.25 for magic being esports. It's like Cedric Phillips broadcasting a pro tour. Like that's why spectate mode is a, I think something that's really important. And I was thinking about this earlier today and it's really, I think the question is, what is arena about? Like if the idea is for arena just to be like this way to get new players into the game, a fun way to, you know, play some games of magic online and that context, you don't really need a spectate mode. Uh, then it doesn't really matter. On the other hand, if the idea really is for magic to be an esport and to have like high end tournaments and tons of people watching on Twitch, then I think it's one of the most important features because if you ever watch magic coverage, I actually like magic has some amazing casters. Like, some of the, the casters in Magic are some of my favorite casters uh, out of any esport, uh, like Cedric and Patrick, and they're really, really good at what they do, but I always feel bad for them because you see these situations that are like, oh, like, there's probably something sweet in the graveyard to reanimate, but what do we, like, we don't have any way of knowing, or like, oh, are they going to get mailed out this turn? I don't know. How many cards are in their deck? We can't see. Like, how many cards are in their deck? Like, is that really what you want Pro Tour to be? Like, you're, you're setting your awesome caster up essentially to fail because you're duct taping together this like this system of broadcasting a tournament so so yeah i mean if they want magic to be an esport they got to have a spectate mode the other last thing i want to say is when stuff like this comes up don't make it about the person that says it that was my the other thing i was disappointed with is like some people kind of attack the person who made this quote and this is just some poor guy that works at wizards like he's not hasbro he's not the ceo like he he, you know he doesn't have control over this so when things like this come up try to focus on the big picture and not the individual like i feel like some people kind of shot the messenger with this and that really wasn't fair i don't think to to the messenger who uh who originally posted this crim any thoughts on spectate mode? Is it worth it? Like, is Magic at eSport? Is that, like, where we're where we're heading? Or is that not part of the plans anymore? Or does it even matter? I, I think that with, like, all of, like, the spectate mode stuff, this, this should have already been ready by the time it rolled out. Even if it's, just, like you had mentioned, a small 0.25%. It is just, like, who uses it the most? Well, themselves. Wizards, right? <laughs> so, or they should be. Because if you watch, like, a Hearthstone tournament, Right. It's much easier to keep track of things because people are able to like, like watching their grandmasters tournament or whatever. It's, it's, it's like easy to follow whatever you need. Like just click on the graveyard. The broadcasters can bring it up. So yeah. Like I just, I don't, I know it may not seem like much with the 0.25%, but <laughs> it is very important for coverage. And it's, this is huge for people to follow along with. Yeah, I I definitely agree. And hopefully, hopefully it's something Wizards works on and improves. I know the tournament numbers have been like not super good. We had our latest Pro Tour and I wouldn't blame that all on Spectate Mode. There's a, a the lack of spectate, uh, spectate Mode. There's definitely a lot of things I think that could contribute to not having super strong viewership on Twitch. Well, uh, I mean, that that's probably got to be contributing. Or I mean, the fact that we're playing the end of a format right before a new set. Yeah, I think the timing, the timing definitely plays into it. I think just like 
general confusion when you hear Kaldheim Championship. I don't think everyone knows that's like, oh, this is a pro tour. And you might just think, oh, it's just some random, you know, random events that some pros are at. So I don't think, I think there's a lot of reasons that viewership might not be that great, but having a good spectate mode, or at least even if it wasn't public, like even if Wizards just had it available for their broadcasters for their tournaments, I think that would be a big step up for coverage. Uh, second, second non-spoiler topic, uh, <laughs> spoiler, spoiler puns. These were cracking me up towards the end of, uh, main says spoilers for Strixhaven. I have no idea how these things happen, but Richard, uh, Wizards accidentally spoiled some cards incorrectly. Uh, what, uh, what happened with that? <laughs> All right, yeah, we, we had a, we had a couple issues. Uh, the backside of Jadzi, uh, Journey to the Oracle, there was a normal art version and an extended art version uh, revealed and from the same source. And one had three CMC and one had four CMC. So people were like, huh? It's pay to win. <laughs> it's like, what? Why? Why? The, the confirmed cost is the more expensive one. Uh, we had uh, Augmenter Pugilus show up as both a troll druid and an elf druid, uh, depending on the version. Uh, and so these two issues, Watsi has confirmed that these are only preview spoiler season issues that the creators were given the wrong versions of files, that the printed cards will be 100% correct. Uh, and then we have other issues that will make their way into the cardboard itself. Uh, Japanese ephemerate and memory lapse, Strixhaven Mystical Archives, their arts were swapped. Uh, the artist was like, hey, these arts were swapped. And then Blasi was like, yeah, they are swapped. And we're like, huh? Okay. <laughs> and uh, Commander 2021, we have uh, Zafi Thunderconductor. And the the Oracle text refers to Zafi as uh, Thunder Collector instead of Thunder Conductor. Uh, so that will be errated. But, but yeah, so we have these issues. Half of them are only previews. The other half are print issues. And... I, I know what's going on here, right? Because we get previews, we get a little inside information, and Blake, who normally handles preview season, is on paternity leave. So uh, their process was not too robust, apparently, and someone just got the wrong files and sent them out, right? Um, so this this I would say this is just leak prevention. Yeah. Oh. Mm. Yeah, there it is. They actually, they're playing around it. You see, like, oh, which version is it? Is it the real one? Is it the three mana one? Who knows? What What confuses me is they what? have all these alternate versions just floating around that they're able to still get right. Like you, you would assume leak prevention. They They would just axe these older versions. They're like, okay, yeah, we're we're, run, we're done with development. Let's remove these files so people don't accidentally do weird stuff with them. But. Here we are <laughs> doing weird stuff with them. <laughs> yeah. That's that's the part that got me too. Like mistakes happen, especially when uh, someone who normally does the job isn't there to do the job, and you're trying to like transition and other people doing it. So that definitely makes sense to me. On the other hand, I cannot figure out for the life of me why there's like an elf druid version of Augmenter Pugilist like just hanging out in a file somewhere, or a wrong CMC version of Journey to Oracle, like. 
why? What what is the value of keeping this thing that isn't even real in some place where where someone could accidentally access it? It's kind of like I always have this problem with OBS and how they put the the record video button right next to the start stream button. <laughs> so oh, I'm yeah. always like horrified that I'm actually accidentally going to click start streaming. I've done it a couple times. It's never been like a full disaster. There's like a box opening years ago where I clicked the wrong one and didn't realize I was actually streaming it when I thought I was recording it. But it's kind of like that. Why would you have these other versions that someone could accidentally give out as a preview someplace where they're accessible and that could actually happen? So that's the part that gets me. I just I don't understand the process that got them to that point. But thankfully, most of the issues are uh, are just for the spoilers and not going to actually impact the cards. That would be uh, way more awkward if the actual cards were printed that way. Anyway, uh, I guess those are our non-spoiler topics. So spoiler time. We have so many cards. I mean, we got the entire set dumped. In a week, we have a million cards to talk about. We're going to get through as many as possible. Richard, guide us through some spoilers. All right. Chadsey, Oracle of Arcavius. Uh, six blue blue, MDFC, the, the front side of the infamous 3CMC journey to the Oracle. Uh, legendary creature, human wizard, 5-5. Five five. First ability is discard a card, return Jadzee to its owner's hand. Magecraft, when you cast... Or copy an instant or sorcery, reveal the top card of your library. If it's a non-land card, you may cast it by paying one rather than paying its mana cost. If it's a land card, put it onto the battlefield. Backside, journey to the Oracle. It's a sorcery for CMC. Uh, two green green. You may put any number of land cards from your hand onto the battlefield. Then if you control eight or more lands, you may discard a card if you do return Jatsy to its owner's hand. This this card just seems really good, right? It like I for for sorry, let me reiterate. In Commander, this card seems amazing. <laughs> yeah, like in Commander, I expect this to be incredibly popular. Like that magecraft ability is absolutely bonkers it doesn't even say from your hand yeah. so if you like cast a spell and hit another spell you can just pay one and cast another spell and like keep that chain going uh, if you draw a ton of cards the backside can put all those lands into play so this feels like a commander all-star both like as a commander and in the 99 as far as non-commander formats eight mana is just a ton like it's obviously absurd if you get to untap with it i don't know maybe you can like genesis ultimatum into it or something but uh eight mana is a lot for a card where you either need to have extra mana available right away like get up to 12 mana or something so you can cast a spell and trigger it once or or you have to untap with it which is kind of asking a lot so i don't know if it has a chance maybe if you can reanimate it or something it would be sweet but i don't know about standard well, play but in commander it seems amazing yeah even like like because like you still have to like reanimate it get it on the board and then cast a spell right so that's a lot of things yeah there's a lot of hoops to jump through in a 60 card format uh for for something that could just easily get like heartless acted right or or something along those lines you you can discard a card though crim (laughs) return it to its owner's hand and and, (laughs) try again (laughs) and then you got to do it again so like you can have fun trying to do that but they'll, they'll just like or even better they'll just Breeze and borrow it back to your hand. <laughs> so <laughs> they'll help you get it back to your hand. So the the this card looks great in sta- in commander, uh, but at, like yeah, like Seth mentioned, just any sixty card format. 
I'm not a huge fan of this. Even the backside is actually the best side for a 60 card format. And even then that might ramp you up to about like six lands on turn four. Uh, just because I feel like you won't have many excess lands after like around four mana. So I'll, I'll I feel maybe I feel maybe like I'd rather just migrations path or something. Like, yeah. Like then you're guaranteed plus two lands on the battlefield. I think you, you actually kind of nailed it. Like if you make your first land drops and play this on four, how many lands are you going to have left in your hand? On the other hand, like if you have some sort of deck where you can draw a ton of cards and then use this to put them all into play untapped or use it like a combo piece, there's like leave to chance and historic that lets you pick up any number of your permanents. You can kind of like use this to untap all of your mana. You like pick up all your lands put them back into play with this they're all untapped if you have more than six lands you're actually like building your own ritual so i think there might be some like weird combo implications but just as far as like oh i'm gonna try to ramp a bit i think i'd much rather just play an explosive vegetation type effect than uh than the backside of jazzy yeah yeah well yeah like other, the only other way you could like really take advantage of this is like with harness the infinity bring your hand and graveyard back like you know you swap your hand and graveyard your graveyard's full of lands then you cast this so that then it's like haha i ramp 32 mana <laughs> that, that would be kind of sweet i think this card it's is hot garbage <laughs> even in commander Ooh. like eight mana is a what? lot in commander right like what is your best case scenario you play this for eight and then chain together extra turn spells so you need like nine ten eleven mana to do something it's a lot of mana like ah here here's my argument for commander richard it's like uh tetyova what makes tetyova the most popular simic commander it's that you already want to play a million cultivates in rampant gross and commander and when you have Tetyova out, all of a sudden your cultivates, even in the late game when they're bad, are insane because they're drawing you cards. This is kind of the same. You already want all the Simic Ram spells to ramp into this. And then once it's on the battlefield, all of your random rampant grows and cultivates it wouldn't be that good once you get up to eight mana are still going to be insane because they're triggering your I, I'd rather so i think Yoma. that's my that's, argument that's for a it. guaranteed card <laughs> whereas this thing you gotta pay both. one Why not maybe both? it's a land <laughs> like I, I don't know this, this is a lot of mana man eight mana is a lot it, of mana it, it could also In be a, a genesis ultimatum or a enter the infinite you gotta look on the bright side richard of of the crazy things it could do in magical christmas land okay when i have 12 <laughs> hey, mana, i like magical christmas land, i mean you, you right? scroll rack and you just stack like you know four extra turn spells back to back you you win the game right but that's like a lot of mana and a lot of work and and the backside is just like useless right like i think more, most of the time you won't be able to do much with whoa it. i, I I wouldn't okay actually yeah no we're mostly mana rocks i think it commands like, like by the time you get to four mana you might be able to drop like one land two lands it's like getting a late game burgeoning like it doesn't do anything the best thing it does is return itself to your hand so that you can cast jatsy again for some reason right but uh, i don't i don't even think i've ever hit four lands <laughs> yeah, like, should never play this card this is, yeah this is i don't know man the backside does literally nothing <laughs> oh <laughs> discard a, your card great see th this is too comboy and big brain for me next is what i the cards i like okay body of research green 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 blue 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 so six cfc all mana symbols create a zero zero green and blue fractal creature token put x plus one plus one counters on it where x is the number of cards in your library all right seth i'll admit it 
Deck thinning now has a drawback. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yes, fetch lands, fetch lands are now bad. <laughs> yeah, guess I'm, I, I found a reason. I'm cutting all my fetch lands. So, <laughs> I mean, this is the biggest creature in the history of Magic, right? Like, this is just uh, you cast this on turn six. It's going to be what a forty-five, forty-five in sixty card formats, and in Commander, it's going to be. I don't even know, an 85-85 or something. But does like, it have trample? Or does it, it doesn't it matter. Just, it doesn't chump have blocked. trample. It, it doesn't, doesn't have matter, trample. trample. You're stuck on but two it, lands. You're like, where's my chump blocker? <laughs> <laughs> that dousing dagger into fractals looking mighty scary. <laughs> this this passes the Heartless Act test. It would take a lot of Heartless Acts to kill this it, card. It does not pass the claim the firstborn test. <laughs> no, it actually, very much does not pass that test. <laughs> I which is wait. one of my concerns uh, about this card. There, there is a risk to making something so big that it's always lethal because your opponent might just yoink it and smash you with it. Can this see standard play? Like, can it see standard play? I have this, this is a test. This is something I've been wondering about forever. Like, is it possible that a vanilla creature can just be big enough that it's good? It doesn't have an ETB, doesn't have synergies, doesn't do anything right away, but it should always be a creature that's big enough to one shot your opponent for six at two, mana. At two like, CMC, uh, even my in the mid game, really. At six game. CMC, like, well, like, no, right? It's like way too slow. <laughs> yeah, this, this, this is a meme. This is a meme. I think this is hilarious. I love the card, but like Richard said, way too slow. Has way too many things that like remove it and or kill you for playing it. <laughs> like like this this card is funny, but nothing more. Like if it had menace or something, <laughs> like it, it needs anything, it did, yeah. right? Like even menace is very. It questionable. should have trample. Trample would be crazy, even then. Oh, it's six, oh, it be it's six mana mythic. It's Tra- trample and haste. Okay, okay. No, okay, okay. Haste not, not, haste, okay. not haste, not haste, not haste, not haste. <laughs> trample, trample would be okay, okay. right? Because if you had removal, yeah. it's, it's useless. But if you had chump blockers, you're dead, right? So trample is okay. Right. Like It's not too broken. This should kill you. This should over, like, just, like, body creatures, right? And, and like, make it so that you respect this card for six mana. In 2021 and in Simic. More or, less, more or less, like, I expect this to have trample, hexproof, uncounterable, and haste. So, like, like the thing here is, but but for some odd reason, it is just a vanilla creature. I, I was kind of surprised this doesn't even have, like, half of Texting Beast. Uh, so, like... What, what about Fling? Or yeah. Kazool's Fury. Like, is there any way there's an actual deck that's built around Your nine like, mana combo? Play this, immediately <laughs> fling it, you're dead. Eight, it's eight mana combo, right? Because Fling's only two. Kazool's Fury is three, but yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kazool's Fury is three. If you can but somehow like, cheat this card out, then maybe you can combo it, but it's just so expensive. Yeah. That, and, and not even expensive. This, this is Splinter Look at Twin. the mana cost, right? Even <laughs> at six mana, you might not be able to cast this because it's green, 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 blue, 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 right? This this is strictly just worse than casting an ultimatum too for one more mana and easy, I, but but it's so fun. Like you could hit them with your ultimatum. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Look, look at this. You you play this and then you like use a Garrick Loose. minus to just draw your whole library. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then I would definitely in, play this in commander. In commander, this is this is pretty fun, right? Like this is a sweet card because uh, you don't have to worry about as many things like claim the firstborn, brazen borrower, bouncing it. Like you know what I mean? Like in <laughs> in a standard format, the vice spent six mana on this mythic and it just gets bounced. I feel terrible. El- Eldraine <sighs> is outclassing a good amount of stuff, but but like oh man, does it feel bad if I this gets brazen borrowed? <laughs> 
that that is kind of the problem. There's a lot of giant killers. Yeah, sure, you dodge Heartless Act, but there's a lot of giant killers. There's a lot of uh, Blood Chief's Thirst. There's a, every Brazen Borrower's a lot of interaction actually does deal with this, and because it's a token, even the Brazen Borrower deals with it forever, so that probably keeps it from being actually playable in Standard. A rules question for you. I want to see if you if you get this right, and you're better at the rules of magic than, than I was. So let's say you have a doubling season out, and you cast this. What, do you, what does the second token do? Because you're making a 0-0, zero, zero, but then it's putting counters on it. Are you getting a zero zero that dies, or would this work properly with doubling the way you want it to with doubling season? Uh, I think you just get a second one that dies, right? I, I would assume it works the way we think it works, but since Seth is asking, it probably means the token is dying, <laughs> right? Uh, actually, no. I I was with Krim. I actually in the spoiler video I said that I that I thought it just died and it was a zero zero. But apparently, because doubling season is a replacement effect, it actually adds the counters to it as well. So it does work with the uh, with things that double up your tokens that way. So, which, so the doubling uh, I, I was season surprised by. I was wrong on in that Commander, one. you would get like two hundred eighty power worth. Of creature like, for six, yeah, mana? For six mana. Yeah, that's see, that, that's yes. cool, right? Like that's awesome. It works in Commander, and also there's a reason why I am no longer a judge. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm right with you. I, I was wrong. I was very wrong about that too. Uh, Civic Ascendancy, right here. We, yeah, Ooh, that's Splinter combo. Twin. That's Splinter Twin. There it is. I got to get to your upkeep, but yeah, that is pretty sweet. <laughs> that's once again just Splinter All right. Twin. Fling in this Splinter Twin. <laughs> Next up, literally a red enchantment spell. We have Strixhaven Stadium playing Mage Tower. You know, we're like we're influenced by Harry Potter. We'll just like rip Quidditch like straight off of it. So we have a little sports stadium here. It looks like Battle Bond going on. Uh, three CMC artifact. Tap it to add a colorless, put a point counter on Strixhaven. Whenever a creature deals combat damage to you, remove a point counter from Strixhaven Stadium. Whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to an opponent, put a point counter on Strixhaven Stadium. Then if it has 10 or more counters on it, remove them all and that player loses the game. Uh, so so this is like, like very much so a meme, right? Like this in standard is a meme. However, yeah, in Commander yeah, odds episode probably, but wait, does this even it's a control finisher, act test? right? You you just play Strixhaven Stadium what? on three, and then you just keep tapping it to add point counters, and then eventually you hit him with a Snapcaster <laughs> Mage to kill him. <laughs> I mean, you know yeah. what? Okay, sure. Uh, I feel like there's other control finishers, but like it's a mana rock though. You, you see, it's a mana rock. <laughs> Wait, what format are we talking about here? Because if it's a 60-card format, this is not going to go well for you. Is it? Is it going to go well in Commander? When I first saw this, my initial reaction was, I'll play this in basically every one of my Commander decks, is in one of my ramp slots, because it can't ever kill you directly, and maybe you sometimes win with it. Then I thought more about it, and I was like, wow, is this actually a card I shouldn't play in every deck because it's, it's, a, it's a mana lith or whatever that's going to make people kill me. Like, people are going to see this and they're just going to brutally attack me because I played this this silly this silly ramp spell. That's... So what do you think? Is the risk too high to play this in every deck in Commander that you're just going to arch enemy yourself for a not that great mana rock? Uh, that's exactly what I was going to say. Like, this is hilarious and it's sweet in Commander, but it is, it essentially reads, add a colorless mana and you get the arch enemy emblem 
right? Like, like that is that is it, and that emblem stays until this goes away. So I I don't know. I mean, I don't even like it just because of the colorless. Like, I I think it's a cool win condition, but the the issue here is that it has to have all ten counters. Uh, and then I mean, like, I guess the good news is like you don't have to wait till your upkeep, right? I think this is just. Like at, yeah. at the end, you do have combat. to attack. Yeah, you'd have to hit someone for combat damage. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have to attack. I mean, it gives you, it incentivizes you to attack in commander. So already, I'm and not playing this. And you. Seth, <laughs> oh yeah, like like. Well, I'm not. I'm not really like. I don't even attack, and you attack even less than I do in commander, right, <laughs> Seth? So like, that's, that's so so like. What am I gonna do with this? Just have a bad mana rock? <laughs> like that, that's that's pretty much what this reads as. So I agree with Seth that this card is too good for its own purpose. Like if you play this as a mana rock, you're just gonna get killed, right? The minute you get to like five or six point counters, everyone will get scared and they'll just start like beating you brutally. So you shouldn't just put this into a <laughs> random deck. Like you should put it in with a purpose. And I think it would be really good in like the birds deck, right? Where you have like oh all these God. little like the flyers and then you're like pecking away at people and then you can just one shot someone. When you have enough counters, wiener flyers pecking <laughs> away at people. <laughs> so, I, I, or like tokens, instant speed token yeah. production, like March of the Multitudes or something, where you just like make a bunch of tokens, drop this, attack, kill someone. Yeah. So like you you can I hit like this Krim in- for like nine, and then use the last one to like kill Tomer or something, right? You can use it as a political tool. Yeah, right? yeah, you can yeah. Get counters off of someone else, uh, and then finish someone off with like a fear creature or a flyer or something. So. I think it has its uses, but I wouldn't just throw it in any deck because people will just kill you if you just do nothing and play this. I also <laughs> wouldn't, I wouldn't throw it in, like play it on the board unless I can win, right? Like I'm, I'm talking about like I wait until I have the ability to swing and then kill you, right? I, I, so I wouldn't even put this in the 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 mana rock slot. That's a that's a really interesting point because if you're playing ramp, the whole purpose is to play it early in the game, and if this is a a mana rock that you feel like you can't play on turn three. Then is it even really a mana rock anymore, or is it nope. just like this weird finisher slash combo piece? It's more of a weird finisher combo piece. Like look, that first line of text there just is irrelevant. It is it is not there. I, it, it's best if you're going to deck building with this that you don't even get, like count that as part of the, like the the card because this is not something I'm gonna play on three, especially in a format that is heavy on artifact destruction. So like the thing here is I'm I'm saving this for the kill turn. I'm attacking with nine creatures on the kill turn. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, yeah, getting a nine, like, you know, attacking is another meme. But, like, the thing here is, it is nice, though. There are now more cards that incentivize you for attacking in Commander. All right. Uh, next up, we have uh, more Elder Dragons. We have Belladros Witherbloom. That's Golgari for you old timers. Five black and a green, <laughs> four, four legendary creature, Elder Dragon, flying. At the beginning of each upkeep, create a 1-1 black and green pest creature token with when this creature dies, you gain one life, pay 10 life, untap all lands you control, activate only once each turn. This this card's amazing, right? Like, like this card is amazing. I, I, I also see this just being playable in a 60 card, like standard format, post Eldraine. Yeah, I, I'm having a hard time figuring this out. Like... On one hand, it's really good Verdant Force. It's like a Verdant Force that makes better than Sapperling tokens. It's pests have upside. It has flying. If there's anything that we've learned over the past two years, it's that 
things that double your mana are like usually broken in standard, even though this does come with a, a relatively high cost of 10 life. You're not just going to have double mana every turn unless you're playing life gain or something, but it is seven mana. Like, I don't know. I think it's got to be playable somewhere in standard though. Like just it, it uh, that ability is so incredibly powerful. I don't know where it fits, but there's got to be some deck that can really take advantage of this and break it. Yeah. Like the, it just pays for itself on seven, right? Like, you could just do that if you really wanted to, and you just wanted to 10-ball yourself to the face, you could. Is it worth but the 10-ball, though? Like, will, will I mean, you have 10 life storm? against aggressive decks? It still just dies to Doomblade. Well, not Doomblade, but, you know, it, it, <laughs> like anything, it, right? <laughs> but in these colors, these pest tokens, you are gaining a lot of life, right? And w we still have cards... That like are in these colors that are like just like what is that new the dean the dean is gaining you life there's things of like just tons of pests flying around so I mean you're gumming up the board with a bunch of annoying one ones and there's no chain whirler to keep you in check so like I think in the theme of what Witherbloom is trying to do I think this card's really sweet and I actually want to build a commander deck around this and that's right it even has green in it and you you also have like uh, Professor Onyx like New Liliana and yep. some Magecraft life gain stuff so maybe that's like the possibility that you're kind of like this weird Golgari storm deck essentially and you're trying to like cast a bunch of spells with your Onyx Professor Onyx out and this is like giving you the mana to keep it going and then it's gaining you back the life so it's gonna take some brewing but it's got two really strong abilities uh, on a reasonably you know effective body so i gotta think that this somewhere someone's gonna be able to take advantage of it and it also seems really strong in commander like uh, it feels like an easy inclusion uh in 100 card formats yep i mean you can use the ability on each opponent's turn so you can untap during your turn, you can untap during your opponent's turn. So if you have like instant speed way and you have a way to like mitigate some of that life pain, like you have some life gain, something or other, you could potentially just have like 4x mana, right? By just untapping all your lands every turn. Yeah. Uh it's yeah. like a professor or prophet of prefix that costs 40, 40 life a turn cycle. <laughs> <laughs> Look, <laughs> greatness at any cost, right? <laughs> right, Richard? So <laughs> yeah, there, There's got to be. I mean, Seth has paid how much for a Wheel of Misfortune? I'm sure he would pay 10 mana for like 7 extra mana <laughs> or 10 life for 7 mana. And Ooh, you play this in a Jun deck and then you could play Wheel of Misfortune and then pay 10 life to untap your mana. And I mean, life gain is one of the big themes of uh, of Witherbloom yeah. slash Golgari in the set. So I think in that context, it's probably better than it looks. Like if this was just in a, uh, a different set, 10 life would probably be a deal breaker, but maybe it's not in, uh, in Strixhaven in uh, Witherbloom. Yeah. All right. Next up, we have Tanazir Quandrix. Three green and a blue, five CMC, four, four, flying trample. When Tanazir enters a battlefield, double double the number of plus one plus one counters on target creature you control. When Tanazir attacks, you may have the base power and toughness of other creatures you control become equal to Tanazir Quandrix's power and toughness until end of turn. Uh, yeah. I, I, it's funny. Like, <laughs> like, like, <laughs> it's, it, this is so it, boring. I don't know. This it's a good fractal card. Like, I think that's what this is supposed to be. Is like, this is your your fractal lord, basically. Because it comes into play, doubles the counters on one of your fractals, and then since all your fractals are zero zeros when this attacks, it's giving them all plus four, plus four. So in the context of, like, fractal tribal, 
I think that's actually probably pretty good. The problem is I'm not convinced that, like, Fractal Tribal is going to be <laughs> a thing outside of Limited, really. So, so yeah. Uh, I think there are contexts where it can be powerful. Also looks pretty bad compared to the the Simic Commander. Uh, even for <laughs> the same archetype. Like, if you want to play Fractal Tribal, wouldn't you just play Adrix and Nev and double up all your Fractals rather than play this? So, I don't know. Like, with Fractals, it's fine, but I just don't know where you play this. I, this is definitely not your commander. This is, a, I guess, a support piece, but like a very, very low support piece. <laughs> I just feel like at five mana, four, four, this is oddly just way too boring. And I never thought I'd say this. This is a really weird set for me. It seems underpowered and Simic. I don't it's know. Not Maybe Simic, I'm spoiled it's from the. That's why. <laughs> or sorry. Yeah, you're right. It, Quandrix is weak. Simic is strong. <laughs> But Lord. think of how big the Body of Research Fractal would be, Krim, if you play this after the Body of Research. <laughs> Yo, it perfectly reverse curves. <laughs> okay, I, I, I got it. I got it. Okay, we play five Sea Dragons. We play Body of Research. We double the the power of it, and then we sack it with like a Tribute to Hunger to gain life, and then we untap all of our mana with Beladrix Witherbloom. Like eight times. How much? How many cards? How many moving parts is that? I think. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Just, just game like two hundred life, and then we'll untap all of our mana, and then we'll take some extra turns or something with the other card. <laughs> all right, Galazeth Prismari, four blue and a red, four CMC, uh, three four flying. When Galazeth Prismari enters the battlefield, create a treasure token. Artifacts you control have tap, add one mana of any color, spend this mana only to cast an instant or sorcery spell. I, I think this is the most playable dragon uh, right here on the like from this uh, set. This card is sweet. We already have uh, Goldspan Dragon. And in Pioneer, we already see there's the blue-red Is It Dragons like kind of like control deck. So... I think this is just going to slot right into that Pioneer deck. I think this is just a, a powerful card and does exactly what a majority of the Prismari, uh, once again, is it for those that, you know, aren't up to date, uh, is it decks are, are trying to do. Yeah, I, I think this is probably the best uh, of the Elder Dragons for standard. As you mentioned, curves into Goldspan. There's already homes for it. Works well with Goldspan since they both kind of like power up your treasures. And then that last ability, it looks a little bit like Urza, and Urza is absolutely busted. It's definitely like a safer version, but it can be a pretty powerful ramp spell if you can flood the board with treasures or other cheap artifacts, which I think uh, probably makes it pretty sweet in Commander as well. Like there could oh, be. Yeah. Uh, decks to take advantage of it there. Plus, there's a lot of good support pieces for Is It Dragons. There's like the new Dragon Sweeper that works really well with this. Uh, it kind of ramps you into some of the big. Sorry, Is It doesn't is have it a spells sweeper from the, the Is It. What is it? <laughs> oh, crim, crim, crim. Uh, but I, I like how it synergizes with the other. <clears throat> Prismari oh, cards from okay. cards from Strixhaven. <laughs> All right. Next up, we have an MDFC. We have Myla, Crafty Companion slash Luca Wayward Bonder. So front side, Myla, legendary creature Fox, one white, white, two, three. Whenever an opponent attacks one or more planeswalkers you control, put a loyalty counter on each planeswalker you control. 
Whenever a permanent you control becomes a target of a spell or ability an opponent controls, you may draw a card. Uh, backside is Surprise Luca. Four red red, five starting loyalty, plus one. You may discard a card. If you do, draw a card. If a creature card was discarded this way, draw two cards instead. Minus two, return target creature from your graveyard to the battlefield. It gains haste, exile it at the beginning of your next upkeep. Minus seven, you get an emblem with whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, it deals damage equal to its power to any target. I am a fan of this card. Uh, I, I don't know how this is going to look in, in, in standard, but with lore hold, getting tons of, you know, like graveyard shenanigans coming out of this set, uh, that minus two is definitely going to be something nice. So I, I like that they went and did the thing with like Valky and Tybalt. Now you have Myla and like Luca. This is a sweet card and you can maybe even make a Boros reanimator deck in commander. Uh, this, this just seems like a sweet card all around. I really like the Myla half. Uh, the way I kind of view it is I think Myla is pretty decent on its own. A little bit of like Leovold action sort of protecting your creatures or at least refilling your hand if your opponent targets and kills your creatures. So I think the front half, uh, the Planeswalker part, like whatever, I don't think that comes up all that often, but I think that Myla is a card that I'm excited about and then you kind of get Luca as a free roll. I feel like in standard... <sighs> What are you reanimating? I guess that's kind of my concern. You can get the the dragon if you wanted, right? <laughs> yeah, but for a turn, and then it goes away. I, there's no, like, Emrakul or Ulamog or something where it's like, or Grizzlebrand, where it's like, if I get this creature for one turn, I win the game. And standard is kind of like, yeah, I can get a thing and do a little bit of stuff. I mean, it's still probably fine, and it does generate card advantage, which is nice, but uh, I kind of look at it as Myla being really strong, and Luca being something that I'll play on occasion when the situation is right. I mean, like, I don't know if you know this, but Velomachus Lorehold, if that hits once, that's that's pretty good. <laughs> that's that's pretty good, right? Like I, I You're playing a creature true. deck, that though, is... because you want to use, like, the plus one of Luca, right? So, are you sure, going to have scary sure. instances of sorceries to cast? Maybe, maybe, maybe not, maybe not. But, like, okay, so, like, the reanimation target is questionable. But if there be, if there ever is a reanimation target, we're in trouble. Because and, I mean, have you seen all the, like, stuff about Eldrazi maybe returning and the whole, like, tinfoil oh, hat? If you look at the art, this is all referencing Eldrazi. They're going to come back and fight the Phyrexians. Maybe maybe we're getting really scary no Eldrazi. They, they will shuffle into I mean, library if they hit the graveyard. There's no way Watsi uh, puts an no, Emrakul I mean, in the new graveyard. No, I mean, New doesn't. New Lamog doesn't. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, new Kozilek, you might have forgotten, but there was one. Mm. <laughs> but, but yeah, like, I don't know, my, my theory is destroyed. I thought there would be, instead of an Eldrazi, there'd be a Praetor on each new set leading up to this. But I thought this would have been the perfect set to drop Jingataxis. <laughs> I, I hope they're building towards Eldrazi versus Phyrexia. I think that would be, that would be sweet. That would. Versus Godzilla. You know, I'm gonna <laughs> versus, know, God, versus, versus, versus Gandalf. <laughs> versus Gandalf, and that's real. That's going to be real. Eldrazi versus Godzilla. Tur turns out Gandalf is OP and defeats both Eldrazi and Phyrexians. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hope so. <laughs> All right, next up we have Extus Auric Overlord. One white, black, black, two, four, legendary creature, human warlock. Double strike, 
Magecraft, when you cast an instant, or sorry, when you cast or copy an instant or sorcery spell, return target non-legendary creature card from your graveyard to your hand. It's an MDFC. The backside is Awakened the Blood Avatar. Six black red, so eight CMC sorcery. As an additional cost to cast this spell, you may sacrifice any number of creatures. This spell costs two less to cast for each creature sacrificed this way. Each opponent sacrifices a creature. Create a 3-6 black and red avatar creature token with haste. And whenever this creature attacks, it deals three damage to each opponent. This card's sweet. I, I really I really love the design on this card. I think it's one I'm mostly excited to build around in Commander. I think being able to have this sorcery as your commander, Awaken the Blood Avatar, is just really neat. It's not something we've ever really had before. As far as like standard is concerned, I think it's fine. I have a little bit of concern with Wake of the Blood Avatar that a lot of the stuff we were talking about with Body of Research also remains true, where there's a lot of things to deal with it. Brazen Barber gets it forever. At the same time, it does have haste, and it does technically hit for six, and it <laughs> does give you this expensive edict effect, so it does do more right away than Body yeah. of Research does, which, uh, which is an upside, although it's also eight mana, which is a pretty high cost, but we do have some stuff that doesn't mind being sacrificed uh, we see random like lures effects or cauldron familiar and his strider woe strider so i don't know i don't know how i feel about it for standard although it's one of the decks i'm most excited to build in commander what what do you think about it grim woe strider alone already makes this just like four mana right it's true because you sack this and the goat token with it so i i think that this back half is it looks like it's crazy high costed and but I, I I think it's a lot better than than I think people are giving it credit for and then in commander just having an, a a sack outlet like at your disposal whenever you need it to be if this is your commander is really nice and you can reduce the cost by sacking more creatures so I like this just to have a sack outlet so like Sigardatron players don't get to just dunk you forever. So, and it doesn't target, so it gets around hexproof and stuff like that. It's just each opponent sacks a creature. So I, I like this card. I think this is a very fun card. And it's in colors that you wouldn't normally think to like for the front half with Magecraft. Uh, it, it, it incentivizes you to use instants and sorceries. Uh, so you can return a non-legendary creature card from your graveyard. So this means that you can play in Mardu colors, Savai colors, I guess, whatever. Uh, and, and then, uh, like, yeah, still have, like, a different archetype than your usual. Like, a Spellslinger style of thing in, in, in Mardu is cool. So you only get one avatar, right? So each opponent, so you kill yeah. three creatures, you get a three, you get, like, a, whatever that giant is called, where you get to, like, swing right. and hit people. <sighs> I don't know about this card. And whenever it it deals three damage to each opponent. I I I remember you gotta you gotta think of it like who cares about what how big the creature is to me. The creature does not matter here at this point. It could be a one one that does the same thing. The what I'm excited for is that I you now have the ability to make every opponent sack a creature. With, you can reduce the cost of this quite easily in Mardu colors. Uh, and like you go Mardu tokens, right? And then you're, you're triggering Magecraft. You're also getting Sack Fodder. And you also have Anointed Procession in this. So it's not hard for you to reduce this by a lot. I, I think the most exciting part is just on demand, Sack your board, right? Like 
aristocrat yeah. type decks, like you can just use this. It, but the actual abilities, you so, now have Mardu aristocrats. So meh, right? So yeah, I think just as a way to sack your whole board in the command zone is super powerful. And on top of that, you get just a three six, right? Like a three six is that's a nice body. So sure, I think this is pretty good. I mean, in standard, it does technically hit for six if your opponent doesn't have a blocker. Like yeah, a woe strider sack it into this on turn four, hit you for six with haste, like. That doesn't seem bad. Yeah. Eh? Seems so fair. <laughs> Are we really trying to do this in standard? <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe, maybe it's too fair for standard. We'll see. But I, I think there's a chance because of haste. I, I, I think this sees play in standard if Mardu and a bunch of little cheap critters along the way can work. I mean, Rakdos, whatever, right? Rakdos, Sack, Splash White. Yeah, we got the new, like, young pyromancer thing, too, that can make a lot of pests yeah. that would be good in a deck like that. So there's there's potential. There's potential in standard, I think. Yeah, in, in commander, this would just be, like, as I had mentioned, a tokens deck. I think this has to be, like, because then that way you get raise the alarm, tons of things to trigger magecraft and stuff. All right, next up, we have Mascot Exhibition. Seven generic mana. It's a lesson. It's a mythic lesson. Create a 2-1 white and black inkling creature token with flying, a 3-2 red and white spirit creature token, and a 4-4 blue and red elemental creature token. So the reason I wanted to talk about this was because... How bad Do you is? think that... Well, no, 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 no. This is, this is our mythic lesson. Do you think that the learn lesson archetype or cards can see play in standard now that we've seen the whole set because we were kind of talking about it before and like eh, it feels like a best of one mechanic a limited mechanic this obviously isn't efficient like it's a couple more mana than you'd want for what you're getting out of it but is the fact that you can tutor it up from your sideboard when you play another not quite efficient card like is that going to make it be a thing? Like, you could play a control deck with the, like, learn divination, the three-mana draw card learn, and have this be your finisher, let's say, where you're just like, eh, dirtle around, counter all your stuff, eventually mascot exhibition you. Is there any potential that this mechanic slash card is actually going to show up in standard? Uh, I mean, it's nice because it can be played in any color. That I like. Yeah? That's the, the thing that it has going for it. Otherwise... I don't know. I mean, it looks kind of weak. I think I would rather get any of the other, like, it, any of the other uh, lessons. It, it sucks because all the lessons suck, right? Like if you had good lessons, like let's say there was a Doomblade lesson, like an actual Doomblade, right? Or an actual, I don't know, like a good draw spell. You could play that and then you could just slot this into your deck as like a random finisher or into your sideboard. But because all the lesson cards suck, like, what is the point, right? You're, you're just playing subpar cards. Like, you don't have anything good to tutor. Why even play the weak uh, lesson creatures or the lesson enablers, like, to begin with? So, like, just because all the cards suck, there's no point. Like, there has to be a good... Like, what's the best card? Like, Containment Breach? Like, three mana I, I disenchant? Reduced to Memory is pretty good. I, I like Reduced to Memory. I, I think... The, the other lessons, like the, le if there is a lessons, it's a uh, lessons based deck, it's gotta be in lore hold, right? Even reduced to memory though, it's not like, it's not great. Like it it's, might be, it is also on my list of like probably the most playable of the, the lessons, but it is kind of like a sorcery speed beast within that doesn't hit lands, which isn't like a standard staple, I don't think, or anything. So I think for me, the question is like, 
is it, is it like charms? Sometimes with charms or commands, you read them and you're like, eh, none of those modes are individually all that good. But when you have the flexibility of having all of them together, charms often end up being really good. Is there any chance that maybe Learn and Lesson is like that and it's better than we're giving it credit for? I mean, there is like a three-mana ramp spell that learns. It's just like two and a green to search out a basic land. Like, that's not that far from being standard playable. That's like close. Close enough. Playing with but is it worth just a while ago, Seth? Filling. <laughs> uh, but then you gotta like fill your sideboard with not great cards so you can tutor them up. I I I don't know. I I'm higher on it than I was a week ago. I'm higher on the mechanic than I was last week when we did the podcast. I'm not saying it's gonna be a standard staple, but I wouldn't be surprised if like I don't know. You play one good learn card in like a lesson or two in your sideboard or something. That seems that seems possible to me now when last week it didn't. What if you draw your I'm, second I'm s- learn card and you ran out of lessons because you only put one in your sideboard? There's no toolbox aspect of this, right? There's like maybe one or two playable lessons. But then you just, like, drew a card, right? Like, there's no, like, oh, I need the right answer for the right situation. They're all, like, make terrible creatures, right? Or that that's basically it, right? So I, I don't know why you would do this. Like, they went too yeah. safe on both the uh, the learn cards and the lesson. They're, like, both overcosted, and they don't do anything. So I don't think it's worth it. But maybe... Maybe someone breaks out some like crazy 5C learn deck. I, I don't know, right? <laughs> but teaching is the archaic. You can draw three cards if your opponent has four <laughs> for three mana. It's, I, I actually think that's not that bad just because you're never going to main deck it. So if your opponent, uh, if you're in a scenario where it's not going to draw you any cards, then you just don't learn for it. But then if you're way behind on cards, it's actually kind of like a divination you can tutor up or whatever, which doesn't seem that bad, but I definitely, everything's like plus one to two mana compared to if it wasn't a learner or a lesson, I think. I'm not, I, I don't think I'm playing any lessons or, or learn stuff in best of three. Best of one, I could see maybe, uh, but like even then there's, there's no learn sweeper. So there's no, <laughs> or there's no learn aggressive thing here I, I guess the most aggressive one is the enchantment i think that one's not bad uh if i'm trying to play like a, an aggro deck so is that the one that puts a single counter on something when you attack that is the most aggressive one it's whenever <laughs> yeah, that like <laughs> that is that is true like like that, that's what i'm sad. saying right like that is the most aggressive thing we can get out of these like the like if there is a learn deck and it's going to be in best of one i think it's got to be out of lore hold so what about the the four mana five four trample green thing like is that on curve enough or are we just past the point where where that's even exciting anymore four mana i think that that is it's four mana it's it's just like yeah it's got it's got trample though it tramples and it's a tree folk (laughs) is that better like i would just play questing beast I don't need to learn yeah. anything because it does nine <laughs> things already. So, like, why don't it, I, like, Yes, it, it is already learned. It's yeah, as smart as it's going to get. The problem, yeah. the problem is Eldrain is busted. Every time we talk about these things, that's what it comes back to is some Eldrain card okay, is Al- Eldrain is busted. But even without Eldrain, I think this lesson and learn mechanic is yeah, really yeah, bad. Yeah. Like, I don't even know if I want to draft this unlimited. <laughs> 
right? You're like, if I keep putting all these lessons in my sideboard, like what is going to be in my main deck? Like how many cards am I drafting, right? So I don't even know if I'm playing this in limited. This might be the first mechanic that sees play like literally nowhere. <laughs> I, I would say this is the first mechanic that caters to best of one. Straight yeah, I, 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 it, it is best of one. It's also weird that all the lessons are sorcery. Like they, they were really safe. Yeah. Like, I don't know why half of these can't be instants and they would still be unplayable, but they're all sorceries for some reason. Yeah, like I, I, I think that like reduced to memory could have just been instant. Like a three mana exile non-land and then get a three two or something. It's like, sure, whatever. I mean, you're giving them a three two, and I oh wait, it doesn't fly. I I remember it being a. It spirit. is a spirit. It's just a non flying spirit. Yeah. Whack. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, next up, we have fervent mastery. Uh, three red red sorcery. You may pay two red red rather than pay this spell's mana cost. If the two red red cost was paid, an opponent discards any number of cards, then draws that many cards. Uh, search your library for up to three cards, put them into your hand, shuffle, then discard three cards at random. So, hold on. So I'm going to get an opponent to discard any number of cards and then draw that many cards. You get to rummage if unlimited I, amount if you pay four CMC. Right. And you get and, to triple gamble. Five. Uh, or you just pay five <laughs> and triple gamble. Uh, I, I'm not playing this. <laughs> like in... I, I I see this being like a super faithless looting in some spots, but but like <laughs> like where there are things that you just want to throw away. Uh, this this I think will be used in some kind of combo deck at a point in standard. I think this is definitely a combo deck to just get something in the yard, whatever. But uh, this this isn't like do not use this as a triple tutor, like <laughs> like unless you can use it from the graveyard, like throw away past in flames, uh, whatever. Sure, that that's fine. But but outside of that, this isn't like ah uh, mono red's big tutor spell. I'm I'm mostly curious about how good it's going to be in commander. Like, cause in commander, gambles the best red tutor. This is three gambles, but it's three gambles firing off at once. Yeah, <laughs> there's a big chance that you're not going to end up with what you tutor for. I think obviously if you're a graveyard deck, then like you were saying for standard, it goes way up in value because then you're kind of like, oh, whatever, I'm going to reanimate it anyway. So who really cares what I discard? Uh, and if you're empty handed, it can kind of just be a weird buried alive essentially. Yep. But I don't know. We, would you play this in just a generic red deck like you would play Gamble, Richard? Like, it, it, is it that kind of So effect? it's not as good as Gamble because Gamble's one CMC, right? You gamble for something and then you yeah. play it. Uh, this thing is well, or or just discard yeah, okay. it. <laughs> but th this is like diabolic tutor, right? It's four CMC tutor. If you have like three cards in hand, which is probably realistic, you will probably at least get one of them. So it is just a straight up tutor. So I would put this in every single deck, at least initially, before I play and get wrecked by this. But I, I think this is just a diabolic tutor, and red doesn't have that many tutors. So you put this in, and then. You have a huge political tool at four mana as well to, you know, get your opponent to get a wrath or something, right? <laughs> Just wait until I opposition agent. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Oh, that's so brutal. I, I think this looks right at home in something like a Kess deck. Cause, yeah. Because Kess can Kess. definitely use this chainer uh anj any sort yeah. of like 
red X graveyard self-discard deck, then I think this card is great. In a generic deck, I'm actually a little skeptical. I, I definitely will try it, but I'm not 100% sure that it's uh, that it's powerful enough for me to just play in a random deck, or if it's just going to... Uh, I don't know. I've played too much Hollow One, where you just, like, quest your Burning Inquiry and discard all your lands and then lose. <laughs> yeah. that, uh, I'm a little worried about effects <laughs> like this, because they can go very wrong. Yeah, I'm I'm not a I'm not a fan of this in just like every red deck. This is a very specific deck. Phoenix Tribal, of course, always a possibility because you can get it back in mono like Rakdos decks and red decks can definitely become a graveyard. So, but outside of that, this isn't just like an auto. I'll, I'll play it in every red deck, including decks with no graveyard synergies, and I'll report back to you guys. I'll be there. I'll be there to see the report. I was a Desperate Ravings player in Standard, okay? I always play Desperate Ravings. Oh. Like, that randomness does not matter, right? It's four it's Desperate four Ravings CFC is better, tutor. though. It's just a four CFC tutor in red, which is hard to get in red, right? No, 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 no. It's five. It's five. You, I, I do not know how many times you can let an opponent rummage. I think you want that. I think oh. those are actually really strong effects. That's the equivalent of you tutoring, right? You're like, Seth, I need a wrath. What if I target you? Can you wrath? Right? So that's like, yeah, sure. Right? So I think that's not actually a downside in Commander. I think having someone just rummage their hand away is an upside that you want to be using. I mean, sure. Could be. Maybe. I, I, I see that they're like the, 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 whatever, the additional costs or whatever, the reduced costs. I see it kind of as an annoying thing, but. Plus, it's only one more mana between this... reduced and full cost. So it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. I was like, why don't you just cast it for five? I, I'm more worried about this, this main part here, the searcher library. And, <laughs> and legitimately, if you see somebody with three mana open and they are in black and they cast an opposition agent, this is a feels real bad. <laughs> all right. Uh, I think those are all the previews we want to talk about since we're running a bit long. So the full set is out. You can check it on MTG previews. And then this week we have Commander 2021. Uh, each day a deck is being revealed. And then we also have our own deck at MTG Goldfish. So that'll be on the uh, Commander Clash podcast on the Commander YouTube channel for Goldfish. So check that out. And then I wanted to include one fish mail question related to Strixhaven since we didn't do fish mail last week. Uh, so let's. We did. We did one question. Oh, we did? Okay, well, we can do one again. Uh, so if you yeah, have yeah, questions, yeah, yeah. send them to at MTG Goldfish with the hashtag MTG Fishmail, and we'll get to your questions on air. At Loving Board Games, because it's related to previews. After seeing a lot of spoilers for Strixhaven, it's apparent that Watsi is doubling down on complexity of cards by writing a novel on some of them. While I appreciate the creativity, how welcoming do you feel this is for new players? So, Seth, you've been doing preview you know, videos, uh, trying to keep them short. What are your thoughts <laughs> on, like, these MDFCs with, like, triple modals on each side? And, like, what, what, is, what, what do you think about how Watsi's handling these new cards? Uh, I, I have very mixed feelings. So, I still haven't really read all of all the cards. And I've noticed that a lot of my misplays uh, recently come from me just not remembering everything that's on a card because there's so many words on a card that you miss one random mechanic uh, and then things go wrong. So, personally, I like complex magic and I like complex cards. Have they went too far that direction? 
I don't know. For me, they haven't. At the same time, I don't know how a new player would pick up a lot of these cards. I really don't understand that aspect of it. If you're someone that's been playing Magic a long time, I think you can uh, you can deal with it and maybe even enjoy it. But if you're someone who doesn't know Magic, how do you digest just cards with so many words on them and so many things happening? So I think that would be my concern. Maybe Wizards is betting that, like, Arena is, like, the onboarding program for new players, and that kind of just, like, makes you resolve your stuff correctly, so people, like, figure it out things to Arena kind of helping them, but I do think there's a real concern about about new players and whether they'll be able to grasp what's going on with some of these cards. Forget new players. I would players. say as somebody who... <laughs> so, let's, let's say... COVID is over, we're all back at the LGS, and we sit down and play some Strixhaven. And we're playing Paper Magic. I have a Flame Scroll Celebrant in my hand. What does the backside do? <laughs> Which one is that? It, it, it's, it's, a, it's a card. You can read it. It's fine. It has some text on it, but there's a backside to it that's an MDFC. So without giving anything away to your opponent by taking the card out of its sleeve, flipping it around, they can see the whole thing, and then reading the backside, how would you know that the backside, Revel in Silence, is like basically a silence effect, right? Like when MDFCs were just lands, it was fine. But now they're like super complex. Like imagine you don't know what Luca does, right? But you're sitting with Mila in your hand. You have to take it out of its sleeve and read it and your opponent can see all of this, right? It's just super complicated. <laughs> and I, I don't know how anyone would play this. Like forget new players, I can't play this. This is like too complicated, right? I need to use Arena. Like I can't play this in paper. Well, I mean, we, we've been talking about it for, like, a year, though, back to Ikoria, where, like, did the, I just don't know if they care about paper or standard play like that or whatever. Like, maybe maybe that's it. Maybe it's just, like, we got Arena now, so Arena will take care of it, because I think you're 100% right that a lot of these cards don't work well for paper play, especially competitive paper play, but that's been true going back to, like, Mutate and uh, ability counters and stuff in Ikoria, where it's kind of felt like Wizards is just, like, focused on digital when it comes to design, or at least willing to make designs and mechanics that aren't necessarily great for paper because they know so much play happens digitally now. Do you think they'll increase the rope I, timer sorry, on Arena? <laughs> I've always kind of just had memorized my own cards in paper anyways cuz I play all foreign cards. So I this is going to be fun. When paper happens again and I have to memorize all my cards, I'm going to cuz I do actually just play like all Japanese and like Korean or Russian German cards, right? So these are the uh, I have to do it anyways. But, so, so that's another problem with like Japanese mystical archive. Do you know how many one CMC red spells there are? Lightning bolt, lightning bolt. Claim the firstborn, infuriate, shock, or whatever. Lightning bolt. How how are you going (laughs) to tell with like the Japanese art, right? So it's not iconic. So you can't do it from memory. You just need to know what the new art looks like. You can't read it because it's Japanese. And they all have the same CMC. So it's just super complicated now. Like, I don't know. Wizards is really going hard on kind of the enfranchised players like i don't know how a new player would get into this and feel comfortable sitting down in fnm mdfc's uh japanese promo cards like oh it's just so complicated planeswalkers are already like mind-blowing themselves right they already have like four abilities on them now you have mdfc planeswalkers so i don't know it's just tough and i i'll also say some of the complexity to me feels like 
unnecessary. I think one that stuck out to me was uh, Mavinda, Students Advocate, the White Mythic. Uh, the bird advisor, which made me think of uh, Richard and his, his bird deck, <laughs> yeah. of course. But its ability is zero. You may cast target instant or sorcery card from your graveyard this turn. Uh, if that spell doesn't target a creature you control, it costs eight more. If the spell would be put into your graveyard, exile it instead. Activate this once a turn. Uh, compare that to, like, Kess or something, which is just like, hey, during your turn, you can cast instant or sorcery from your graveyard. Like... I don't know. Do you think that pay eight mode is even necessary? Like, is it even worth it to acknowledge, okay, maybe there's some situation someday when someone has a Genesis ultimatum in their graveyard, this on the battlefield and 15 mana floating around, and they're going to feel bad if they can't cast that Genesis ultimatum. Wouldn't it have been a lot cleaner if it was just like each turn you can cast the instant or sorcery from your graveyard it must target a creature you control like i don't know sometimes it feels like there's not enough payoff for the added complexity to me i mean right now i'll tell you that like as as a new player like if show like i mean like looking at this i i'm not i'm not even sure what's going on because the game of magic already is intimidating enough right because if you're coming from games like hearthstone or anything like that it's already intimidating enough in that like there's just so much to read like just seeing a planeswalker like nico bolas god pharaoh was intimidating back when i was streaming hearthstone and then arena moved into open beta like i had god pharaoh and that was just mind-blowingly like like worded because there's like four abilities they're all really long and now everything at minimum is a nico bolas god pharaoh to a new player right because like while i was streaming that other people were just like i i don't know what's going on i can't pick this up there's just too much so I definitely don't think this is new player friendly. It's not boomer friendly. I can't keep up with this. I'm actually seriously debating not playing standard this time around because it's just like so hard to keep up with everything. Like we we, we did just basically like two weeks of previews. I have no idea what's in the set. There's like so much text and like so much stuff happening that I can't comprehend it anymore. And it's just kind of like going by. And it's just like, yeah, okay, that's a card. And it does like eight things. Is it good? I don't know, because it does eight things. We'll have to see how the meta shapes up. And then like, I don't know, that's it, right? And it's just so complicated. <sighs> like, can you remember what Professor Onyx does? Can you imagine like the chase? Hcraft, yeah. Planeswalk, I can't, it's too much. How about Rowan? Oh. How about Rowan and Will? Oh the, yeah, that's easy. That's a minus bad. one. The five abilities uh, and two passives and two casting costs and two starting loyalties. <laughs> I memorized those, I, though. I mean, that's I, like, I will say, I've talked about every single card in the set. because, Well, outside of some random, like, commons and uncommons. But because of daily spoilers, I talk about every single card. So I've made videos about all these cards, and I still don't know what half of them do. Like, Pop quiz, I, Seth. I read them, and I Vilda. talk about them. The YouTube but comments I, are right. He doesn't know oh he's talking goodness. about this. <laughs> like, I, I, I know, but then it's, like, immediately on to the next card with a ton of text, and then you're doing that. So, do I remember half of what I what I said? Probably not for these cards, because there's just so many words on them now. So, so yeah, I definitely get what you're saying, and I, I do think that's a concern. But at the same time, like, on an individual level, I think that leads to some really cool designs that maybe we wouldn't have seen in the past. There's also some overpowered designs, but because they're willing to be more, like, add more complexity, there's some just really cool stuff that we haven't seen before. So I think there's, like, some upside to go along with the cost of it as well. Okay, okay. Final parting thoughts here. Or quite, like, I guess I have a little thing here where I think this is a little bit of a tinfoil hat thing, but... 
what if the reason why everything has a textbook vibe, like 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 amount of text, and like it's like everything is just like thousands and thousands of words, is because we're at a college. Every one of these <laughs> things, you know, like we have to like you know you have to kind of study to remember. You want to, to bring your back homework. Back yeah. around, you know, I don't know what's going yeah. on. There's too much to re- give me. The Better read. Notes. Give me the spark notes. Yeah, we 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 need a spark note for each of these cards. That actually might be a good. Uh, a good video, <laughs> the Sparkno, Sparkno version of Strixhaven, so people can actually pass their uh, their tests. Yeah, I, I'm telling you, look, look, is the, it makes sense though, right? Everything's like super modal, lots of things. We're back at school. Look, it's there, it's there. Caltime was a little bit like that too, though, Did, and that I wasn't mean, it, really. It's it's slowly themed. ramping up. It's just getting slow. Like before, we used to have like a handful of super complicated cards in a set, right? And that was cool. But now, like. All cards are super complicated. Even like your common card that's like, you know, we have modal commons now, which didn't used to be a thing. Remember, like commons used to be like very basic cards. Like, so I don't know, like give me back the core set. Give me back a set with like some vanilla creatures, like have some no. cool art. No, Richard, no. <laughs> I, I don't need my cards no. to do eight things that don't matter because only one of them is good anyway. And you're going to ignore the seven others, except for that one niche situation at a pro tour where you lose because you forget that it had that one ability uh, but most of the time like you don't care about any of these abilities right just boil them down to their essence play the card so i don't, I don't know it's, it's super complicated there's so I, much homework and research you need to do just to keep up with magic now it's it's, it's getting a little and and then just by the time you start to understand a set, we're on to uh, the next spoiler season. We're like, oh, two weeks. It's time for Modern Horizons two, and then we're to the D D set. So, so yeah, it's definitely uh, different than the past for sure. All right, so that wraps up our one fish mail question. <laughs> if you have questions, send them to <laughs> at MTG Goldfish with the hashtag MTG Fish Mail, and we should get to your questions as preview season dies down and i believe that brings us to the end of episode 323 of the mtg goldfish podcast so richard Krim, thanks for hanging out thanks to everyone for listening thanks to card conduit for supporting the show and we will be back next week to talk about commander 2021 spoilers and whatever else goes down in the world of magic so until then have a great week everyone and this is the crew signing out